Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All Is Caps, uh, back from Beijing, uh, with Capitals, former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner, um, AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Uh, good to see you, Carl. Yeah, good to see you, too, and still awake. Too. I'm, I'm still awake. I, I, the, jet, the jet lag is, I hope, knock on wood, over. Like over. I, I got a good night's sleep, uh, had a nice day in Paris, yes. had a chance to enjoy Paris on the way back from Beijing, and then, of course, came to, to MedStar Capitals Iceplex, because I can't get away from the rink. Where else would you go? Yeah, no, I, I chatted with Martin Ferivari about Slovakia's big bronze medal. It was the oh, first yes. ever yeah. uh, Olympic hockey medal for that country. And he's like, I'm actually jealous. He's like, I'm, I'm jealous of, of that team winning first hockey medal. Did you see the photos in the streets? No. Miro Shatan tweeted this. Uh, just the, the scene of celebration. Look at how many people are packed oh into the goodness. square. In Slovakia to celebrate <laughs> a bronze medal. Yeah, I now, was, that's one of the best things about this kind of Olympic setup, is. right? Is teams feel like they have well, they do have a chance. It's right there, but uh, I do like that side of it. I don't like not having the strongest team, but it's nice that it seems like it's a little bit more wide open and teams have a chance. Is there any sport like what you grew up in Canada? A gold medal or nothing? Is there any sport we'd celebrate a bronze medal for Canada? Like speed skating, something like that? Honestly, yeah, speed skating is one of them because yeah. I I tweeted out there that I think that uh, what do they call it the uh, the where, where it's like 16 it's like the skaters. roller derby almost yeah. it's a like roller derby on ice yeah. essentially there's a word for it I can't remember what, what it said now but uh, but that like because you know the Netherlands is always huge and yep. there's there's some of the Asian countries that are really good but whenever we finish anywhere in the top three on, honestly anywhere besides besides uh, hockey and curling I'm pretty fired up you know because we don't have that many medals normally so well, good Ca- for us Canada and curling struggle. struggle one bronze medal among the three competitions I know I know I said every time I turned it on I saw <laughs> things were going going south and we don't get nearly as good as the, the Canadian feed out here too so right yeah, I mean part of that was uh, I guess nice not to see some of the pain there but yeah we expect to do a little bit better in that one yeah and and, and, and John, our, our boy John Walton former former guest on on, on the All Caps podcast was doing a lot of those hockey games from Stamford, Connecticut, not from Beijing. So I think he's still recovering. I think he actually had a worse run than I did because he had to do everything at weird hours of the day. Yeah, that would be strange. Like being up, like I tried to stay up to watch some of the events and, and the hockey and stuff like that. And it's it's just it's just hard. It messes with you. It's like they always say with the shift yeah. work. It's it's difficult to difficult to, to live when you're up at those sure. weird weird hours. So I think the way you did it was definitely better even though you were uh, we were in the bubble we were we were in the bubble but like we still had our fun like we and and i could see the hockey up close like it was it was for all it was like u.s losing a shootout that kind of stinks canada losing to to sweden kind of it took the the buzz and the juice out of the tournament but Mm -hmm. fun to see slovakia win a bronze medal yeah uh finland winning the first gold medal in in that country's history it was it was fun and that was on nhl size ice or was it was on nhl size ice. it's kind of cool too because it's you get to see uh see some of those European players play when it's in tight and it's different for them, right? So it's, it's fun to see how they can adapt. And it hurt the, the Germany team because like, they're like, we couldn't adjust to the small line yeah. the whole time. Yeah, well, it's a it's a major adjustment. Every time I notice when I go up to a rink and 
it's it's these things that you're so used to being exactly the same way. Like it, it's happened to me with a, like even a hockey stick, and this might seem really stupid or weird, but um, I had a hockey stick that was supposed to be the exact same weight as the ones I had before. Yeah. As soon as I got it, I went to shoot a few pucks. I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. The puck feels heavier. The stick, something's off. And uh, and the guy's like, no, it's the exact same. It should be, you know, it's it's our new model. It's just different graphics and stuff. I'm like. I'm like, okay, so I brought home my old one and one of the new ones and, and took it to Mandy's uh, food scale in the kitchen. And sure <laughs> enough, it was, it was, I think it was seven grams off. And seven grams was, was more, way more than yeah. enough to actually notice, uh, notice what, what the feeling was. <laughs> now, there, now, there's a guy right there, Brock Miles, just ran by. Guy is the busiest that I've ever seen. Yeah, he, 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 works, <laughs> he works multiple jobs all the time. All the time. And up so early, always one of the last guys. Yeah, a lot of love of the trainers. We'll get, get one of them on at some point, too. Would love to. Uh, today, T- Tom Galitti is going to join us from NHL.com. Uh, next week, speaking with Jaina Heffert uh, from PWHPA about the, the women's hockey event that's coming to MedStar Capitals Iceplex uh, March 4th through the 6th, I believe. March 4th through the 7th, something yeah. like that, um, with best, the best of, of women's hockey here. Uh, but let's get back to the, let's get to the Capitals. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, he's approaching uh, a milestone. Uh, Alex Ovechkin approaching a milestone in, in, in Yaramir Yager. Uh, Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom are going to play 1,000 games together very soon. <laughs> Exciting times around here. It is. There's always a milestone. Every year there's a milestone here, and usually it's usually it's just Ovi, but it's nice to see that uh, that Nick's getting in on the action too. So it, it just, it's fun. I mean, one of the goals is for, for so many players is to, to try and play with a single organization their entire career. Right. To have you know a few guys now that, that are... You know, most likely going to be doing that for the rest of their time, and and the relationship that that we all have seen, you know, blossom over the years, and especially yeah. when they won, um, it, it's just really cool to see. And I think they, uh, I think they'll really appreciate that. You know, once they're done playing, like like I'm starting to realize some of the, you know, the things that that really mean a lot to you, and being able to spend an entire career with someone like that is is probably pretty special for them, and, and I think they'll start to realize that. Yeah, and another one, uh, Pierre Laviolette for his his 700 game. Yes. Th- he just got the silver stick in, in the locker room, and, and so the Capitol social media posted that, so you could take a look at that, uh, kind of what that scene was like. But that's just the longevity of it to me, for a coach to be able to coach that many games and win that many games, says a lot about a guy like Pierre Laviolette being able to adapt to what life is like in the NHL, right? Exactly. That's like one of the main things is... is you know, you think once you make it that it's like, yeah, I've made it, I'm set, and, and I can just kind of cruise sure. the rest of the way. But, I mean, especially as a coach, there's always another coach. There's always a stats guy, analytics person that's that's trying to change things and, and make things better. And if you don't keep up with the times or at least trust people to, to talk to you and, and take what they've told you and input that somehow, um, then see you later. Like, it's not going to happen, right. right? And that's what I loved about when, when I was here with uh, – with Trotsy and, and and the assistant coaches that he had here is that it seemed like it was, you know, a partnership. It wasn't just the head coach, it wasn't just right. Barry, you know, everything he says goes. He he was he was really good at, you know, dictating, you know, who who does what and and you go ahead, I'm not gonna touch it. At least in like front delegating of the guys. a little bit. Delegating, yeah. yeah, dictating, delegating, same word, yes. right? And so he was just good at that. He's like, I'm gonna be hands off of this, you know, Foz, you take the power play. And maybe yeah. maybe back in, in the coach's room he was more involved in that stuff. But at least to us it was like, Okay, this is Foz's sure. thing, like let's all listen to Foz. Same thing with Lane and the PK. And so that's I think that's so important. So to, to be able to be a coach, be that successful, um, 
get glowing remarks from lots of players, which is <laughs> is tough to do. Tough to have a lot of people like you. Um, it's just a it's just a major accomplishment. Sure. Uh, Capitals had had a, a week off between games uh, at the Rangers on on Thursday night. Uh, what what does that do to a player? And I know you obviously didn't have a whole lot of breaks like that when you were playing. But what kind of what do you do during a, a week off? I know you get a chance practice time, a little bit of rest, but psychologically, how do you handle that? amount of time off well it's interesting because they just came back from having an all-star break too right yep and then you then you have another another break and it it's i think it's good for good for people um not only the players but the families too right you get to spend a little bit more time actually being present at home because when you have game yeah. after game you're you're home but a lot of guys are not able to completely disconnect so i think that's just a gives a good uh work home life balance that that i'm sure they all need saw some of the guys were where went to little uh, little staycations, I guess, places nice and close, and just got to unwind. Um, but it is weird, uh, I guess. You know, the team's been fairly up and down the last little bit, last Fair few time. games. Um, so, you know, it could be a nice thing where they just had a chance to really break down a few things in practice and maybe go over some video and, uh, and try and figure out where the uh, where the the things were coming up that the, the issues that they need to address, and hopefully they're able to do that. But I, I mean, it's kind of nice having that much time off. Yeah, and, and usually during the, uh, late in NHL season, you don't get a whole lot of practice time, right? Because you're you're just your body's so kind of worn down from the grind of 82 games that every off day you get a chance, you want to have a little bit of that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know what's interesting too is like a lot of guys, especially if they don't spend time here in the summer, or don't have kids to keep them around at, after the season's over. You don't really spend much time in your city, right? It's like, true. You play every other day, and so it's not like you're going out exploring that often. You're trying to save the legs. You're trying to you know, spend some time at home, and so when you have an opportunity to have seven days off, or you know, just to just to go around and, and do things that you don't get a chance to do, it's yeah. it's like one of the little little pleasures uh, that you just don't have that opportunity. So I I, I think that they probably enjoyed that, and. Uh, but I'm, I, at the same time, I'm, I'm sure they're ready to get on the road and play some games. Speaking of the city, uh, how's life at your house now? How can, where, where's the moving update? Oh, man. Family, dog, kids. Like where, where, where are things at in the Osner household? So we're pretty much all set now, all moved in. Uh, furniture, I think, is, is all there now. We've got a few light fixtures, but that's not a big deal. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty set. We had our, our oldest dog, Murphy, who people have seen uh, him tear up our house back in the day. Um, <laughs> He actually had back surgery. He's a dachshund, so is he all right? He's he's okay. Yeah, he's he's actually went down the stairs today. He wasn't supposed to, but he did uh, for the first time. It's been almost been about two weeks, but you know it's scary to you know have have your dog go through something that major. And yeah. it was, it, it's I don't know. He's he's thirteen, so it's like some people are like, well, the dog's old. It's gonna happen, but. I don't know. We're all kind of about prolonging their lives as much as possible. Good lives too, not sure. just to sit in bed all day. So, anyways, that was Murph. He's he's doing good, and and yeah, kids are full time in school now. So I got like time on my hands. Like, what do I do with myself? I just can't wait for this weather to, to get a little bit more sunny and then start golfing a little bit. You'll be, you'll be golfing then. I'll be golfing then. Yeah, when I have five hours, five free hours during the day, and it's gonna take some phone calls every now and then. I'm gonna get good at golf. It was a hustle people. That's perfect. And <laughs> shout out shout out to my parents' 16-year-old dog Ginger who's a puggle who no uh, she's got she's di- diabetic but like still like loves her life and That's amazing. so just again so 13 13's nothing like <laughs> That's pretty good actually. 16-year-old si- uh, Ginger the puggle who Ginger is uh, always by my mom's side and really? seems to love life. And well, I was just thinking this this morning so our other dog Charlie he's 12 and I wish I just had as much energy as he does. Like in the morning, sure. he pops up. He's so fired up to get that food in his bowl. He's just running all over the place. I'm like, 
I just want a little bit of what he has still, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know what that is in, in uh, dog years, probably like 60 something, but man, that guy's fired up. So she could be more like dogs, which I'm sure you agree with. Yeah. And, 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 and when your time, you're 60, I just like, but Brooks like always say he's going to play till 50. Like you can have that energy when you're 50, 60 years old. Uh, yeah. I guess it's a bit of a mental game at that point. Absolutely. Uh, we're, when we come back on All's Caps, we're going to be joined by NHL.com uh, Capitals and NHL expert Tom Galitti. Talk a little bit about what's coming up on the Capitals schedule. And later, Tom will take on Carl's stupid questions. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner and NHL.com's Tom Galitti. Uh, I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Tom, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Uh, your, your thoughts on on the Capitals right now, where things stand. we got a bunch of milestones coming up with Nick and Ovi playing 1,000 games together. When is when is Ovi going to catch Yager? This is kind of encompassing your, your life right now, following all this stuff. Yeah, we're, you know, I think it'll be happening pretty soon, I guess, you know, with... with Five goals away now from tying Yager, so I feel like we're getting to that point where you know he, he has one big game, and all of a sudden you're saying he can have any game. So that that that's uh, that's something that you know he obviously got off to a great start this year, and, and then things happen in January with COVID and stuff like that to slow downs. But I feel like he start he was starting to get back in his rhythm again before the Capitals had this break. So it'll be interesting to see as he comes out of here where they start playing more regularly where, how he's playing again. Yeah, I feel like it's been, it was funny, like coming into the season, everyone was kind of hoping that he was going to get to that record. And then he had the start that he had. Yeah. It was almost like it made it more real. And looking back at like how many how many different pieces of adversity he's had to deal with with lockouts yep. and, and now COVID and, and all that stuff. And the fact that he's as close as he is like does that surprise you at all or is you, you you figured it was going to happen uh this year i thought he would get here i don't yeah. know if i thought he would get here in february you know we need to do into the season going into the season he need 36 goals so i yeah. thought he'd be a 40 goal scorer in, in that range so mm-hmm. i thought he would get here now he you know now it's kind of feel like we've been waiting for a while just because of the way the schedule has worked out and everything like that but i feel like you know it's not unexpected that he's doing this he's climbed he already passed Marcel Dion and Brett Hull this season, and now he's going to pass Yager, which is, you know, you know, we're talking about, you know, very rarefied air here. Mm-hmm. After that, it's just going to be Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky, which is insane <laughs> to even think about, right? You've gotten a hold of Yager, right? I talked to Yager a couple weeks ago, yes. It was uh, it was fun to talk, to catch up with him. Uh, when I worked in New Jersey, I covered him for a couple of years, so that we, he was a, always an interesting guy to be around. He told me how very busy he is, because he's not only still playing at 50, he owns the team he plays for in Glasgow. He's basically running things there. He's responsible business responsibility. So he's a very busy man. He's not slowing down, even though he's 50 years old now. Did he tell you what he's gonna like? What his plan is? Because he's come out and said that he 
can't really retire. Is that did he, he talk about that at all? Um, he kind of downplayed that part. He talked, you know, there, there, there's things with sponsors where you know there's some concern that if he stops playing, the sponsors of the team will will leave. Uh, his biggest concern right now is that his team, Claudio, uh, stays in the extra league, uh, which is the top league extra league. And they're they're kind of on the border of, of where they might have to bit, play a play-in series to stay in and, or not get relegated. So he said if they don't get relegated, he, it, it would help them in terms of signing more players. Last year they got into the league so late that it was hard for them to sign free agents. So it was right. hard. It was difficult for them to put a really competitive team this year together. But they've been coming on lately. Um, and if they stay in, he feels like that'll help them sign free agents. And then he's he's thinking about playing again next year. He thinks he's enjoying it still. You know, he had some injuries a little while ago, but he's still having fun doing it. And he said he likes enjoy working with the younger players. So I think you could still see him playing next season again. Capitals fans don't uh, of a certain vintage don't have the greatest impression of Yarmir Yager based on his time here. But I think enough time has passed. This team has won a championship now that I think everyone can kind of appreciate what he's done. Oh yeah, and I, I think Yarmir now even talks about it. I know he was on TNT a few weeks ago and talked about how you know when he was here it wasn't you know maybe lost a little bit of his of his passion sure. for the game. You know, it was the first time in his career he'd been crate traded. It was kind of a weird situation leaving Pittsburgh, um, and I think you know he admits that that he did, wasn't at his best when he was here. For sure. And, and, you know, so, but, you know, obviously he's been a great ambassador for the game. I, I you know, I was talking to, to Phil Borg when I was in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. He was saying it's a shame he didn't play his whole career with, with, with Pittsburgh, which would have been great. But I also feel like the way, when he came back from the KHL, it was like playing with one team a year. It was almost like he was on a tour where he was right. like just taking his help. It was kind of like spreading yes. the Yager message everywhere. They had the traveling <laughs> Yagers with all the guys wearing different jerseys. That yep. was fun. Yeah. So I, I thought it was kind of cool, cool that he was able to, you know, a lot of people got to be around him and see him. Yeah. Well, it's, dude, it's, it's, it's so good for the players. Do you have a chance to play with someone like that? Like yeah. I, I had, I've been thinking about this lately and I don't like, how often the word legendary gets thrown around? You know, it's like how many people can you call the goat? Like, yeah, you, know, you should only call the, one. The goat thing bothers me yeah, more than the legendary yeah. thing does. But like, I, I feel like he's definitely one of the people that you can call a legend. And and the fact that so many players in the league got a chance to play with him, and that's something that can kind of you know talk about with with their with their teammates. And you know, I have people talk to me all the time, say, "Well, what's it like playing with Ovi?" and and this and that, and and I explained that. But for me, it's like I also got a chance to play with Sergey Fedorov, right. and he right. was he was a, you know me growing up watching someone like that. And so the fact that Yager can can you know people can say they've played with Yager, been around him, and and shared the same ice. I mean, it's it goes a long way. Like I, I think that's that's very neat. Yeah, and, and Sergey Fedorov's actually with me in Beijing. He was the, one of the oh, assistant okay. coaches for that <laughs> Russian team. And Ilya Kovalchuk, another former Capitals guy, was the GM of that Russian team oh, no that, that went home with the with the silver medal. That's amazing. I love seeing that guys are getting into it, especially on the uh, on the international stage, trying to help out their countries. It, it makes a lot of sense. It'd be be fun to do that. Peter Bondra was involved with the Slovakia team at one point. Peter Bondra is the busiest person I know. Like he is busier than Brock. He oh, it's, <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good 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 question there i think maybe different kind of busy but yeah he's got a lot going on he's a big advocate for hockey especially for for uh you know over in europe and trying to get a bunch of charity games going so you know i, I love what he's doing but i think you know the more ambassadors we can have uh for the sport i think it's a better Tom's fairly busy on his own. I, this is before we get into capital stuff. How do you and you and I have very similar challenges in trying to balance like capital stuff versus NHL. How do you prioritize your time with how much stuff you're needed here? You're going to, to Nashville this weekend for the outdoor game to try to keep your eye on the whole league and to focus on on capital since you and I are based here. Yeah, it's you sometimes get really focused on the capital, especially like you know sure. when Ovi is doing one thing after another. It, 
it's like hard to keep track of everything else. But like a couple of weeks ago, I went, or it was actually last week, went to Vegas to be there for uh, Jack Eichel's first game back. And like you really have to, you're grasping an entire new team that you've not been around before, you know, for much at right. all. Mm -hmm. And you know, so you're getting familiar with their stories and what they've been going through, and and you know, other people have injuries there. So it's 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 definitely you try to keep definitely try to keep an eye on all the teams. But when you're you know, especially I like, go to the Capitals, most of the Capitals home games, you're like you're really focused on them. You're not watching the new games. That's why like if I have an off night, I will definitely try to watch at least one other game or parts of other games so I can see yep. familiar what other teams are doing and, and who's playing with who sort of. But it's still really hard to keep track of thirty one teams. Yeah. I've actually been wondering this. When I listen to the guys on the radio and stuff and and, and they're talking about you know, someone will call in and I want to talk about the Islanders, someone will call and want to talk about Vegas and I'm like, how do these guys know everything that's going on with with all these teams so it's a good question like for both of you guys like if you are going to go cover the vegas do you do you you know read up on on what people other other reporters have written do you call the uh, one of the, like the the beat writers and just say hey can you break down how things are going like how do you how do you find a way to kind of get your your claws into the team and understand what's ticking well, well i knew why i was going out there was because jack eichel was probably coming back so i read a lot about what was going on with him and, and kind of refamiliarize myself with with what his situation with his disc replacement surgery and his, right. and his neck and stuff like that. And, and I actually had done something on Jack when I was out there for All-Star because I had talked to, to Pete DeBoer, their coach out there, and he had mentioned that he might get cleared for, for contact. So I was a little familiar, so that helped some. But yeah, I did I did read up on what other people were writing about. So, you know, and, and looked at what they, they've been doing lately. And But then you get out there and you still, then you find out Robin Lehner has an injury and where did that come from? And, you know, <laughs> sure. You know, so <laughs> it's, you know, so it's, it, but it was definitely, it's definitely fun to be around a different team and you get to see how Different teams do things. I was familiar with Pete DeBoer because he was the Devils coach when I when I covered them. So that was it was fun to see him. He was like, "What are you doing out here?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I was in Vegas for All Star and just stayed until you guys had something interesting happen." But <laughs> so you had you had two trips to Vegas. Yes, yeah. In the span of two weeks. Yes, um, it was interesting to be. You know, I went there one week and there was still everything. There was mask mandates, and then it went back a week later and all the mask mandates were gone. <laughs> so, um, so it's almost like normal. So it's interesting, and you know, it's always fun to see a game in Vegas too. You know, the atmosphere oh, yeah. there is unbelievable, and. You know they were excited to have Jack Eichel come in and play his first game. So it's, it's always that's a fun place to see a city and see a game. And I'm also looking forward to seeing what this Nashville game outdoors is going to be like because that's a fun city to be in as well. Yeah, fun. Okay. Have you you've never seen a game in Vegas as a fan, right? Like you played it. You played yeah. in Vegas. I'm gonna go see a game in Vegas. I have. When to. the Caps are there, maybe. Actually, I'm planning on. I'm supposed yeah. to be going out there for that, so we'll see. But we I should do all Caps on the road. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to our there? people about. I, I would love to go. I don't have any plans right now, but if someone wants to send me, <laughs> wink, wink. If yeah. anybody wants to send me there, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. My my Vegas story was so I didn't go to the Cup final. Uh, they didn't. AP didn't send me to Vegas for the Cup final. So my first chance seeing like the opening, the NHL did a puck and player tracking kind of like test there mm. the, the next fall. And so a few of us were invited to go, and I'm in a suite with Gary Bettman sharing fries from Shake Shack with him, which is actually a very weird <laughs> thing. And we're doing that, and the lights go down. He said, stop what you're doing. Go sit down and watch this. So like, Gary's standing next to me. We're watching this. And he's, he's like, isn't this cool? I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah. Vegas did it right. The Golden Knights did like the whole project production thing right. My yeah. mom doesn't like the whole production thing. She wants them to just play hockey and be done with it. Uh -huh. But I just think there's something about Vegas and the show that's really fun. Yeah, well, it gets people fired up. Like... How many times you go to a game and it's just it's a library in there, right? It's because there's nothing. I, I just dealt with two weeks of that. In Beijing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I don't want that. You need something to get you going. Vegas had to do that though, right? Like it that's did. Vegas, right? Yeah, like, yeah like, true. Vegas in Seattle, how they're doing their show. Not that, not not that it's bad, but it's like they're different cities. You have to. You're yeah. in Vegas. You 
people expect a show, and there is one. And then yeah. you're like you said, you're all fired up for the game. The media, like I mean, the the, the base is beating there. You like your heart <laughs> is coming out of your chest. And you're not even playing in the game. Yeah, like, it's, no, it's, it's crazy. It's I mean, it goes such a long way. I know it's an investment, and it costs a lot of money, and there's a lot of minds that need to be put together to, you know, make it all happen. But um, it goes such a long way, like. I, you know, I give Montreal some credit here. They, you know, they they do the they've done the torch on the ice and it lights up oh, yeah. all the ice. And Vegas does what they do. Toronto has a nice show. Vancouver does. The one here is good too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been getting better, and you kind of have to do that because it's you know you're paying for a hockey game, and sometimes the hockey games right. aren't worth the money that you sure. pay. So at least the show is good, and and all the other things that go into it, the food and the whole experience, right? And I just think that it it, it just makes so much sense for teams to put a little bit extra investment in it, and it, I, I feel like Vegas is leading the way in that. Absolutely. I love going to Montreal uh, to see the games there. Like I, I always tell people if they're going to go one place with Montreal to see a game, because yeah. like the atmosphere, the fans, like you said, the pregame stuff, the history. Even the hot dogs. Not, the hot dogs for the media, <laughs> you know, that's all good, that stuff. Good. The hot dogs for the <laughs> players, and I know the... I don't know, I'm sure you guys did too. You go into the locker room after the game and there'd be a bo- boxes of hot dogs waiting for the players. <laughs> after after the game. Not, before, not just after the game. Before the game. Before yeah, the game too. I, you know, I had at least two before every game I played there. Really? Yes. Oh. I, was, I was one of those places where I just knew I'm going to feel crappy on the ice because I'm going to have a couple hot dogs <laughs> in me and that's just the way it is. So you, you have to try it. It's, it's just one of those things that, that you need to do. Like, How many would you take down when you're there? Oh, I would have like two. two yeah, yeah, I was I was one or two. Yeah. Right? You know, Chico Rashu <laughs> was did TV for the Devils, and now he does radio. He was oh my god, he would have he would double two or two two uh, hot dogs in each bun, yeah. and he would have <laughs> he would like have like twelve. I'm like, how did he do that? <laughs> oh my god, it's goodness. unbelievable. He would like go for the record. It was crazy. Really? So, yeah. yeah. After every game, guys would go into the family lounge and and have a couple hot dogs cooked up for him when I was playing there, and and before that, you could always tell like. You could smell when the hot dogs got there before the game, and, and some of the trainers would have them hidden in the in the trainer's room, and I'd just sneak in there and load a couple up and, and pretend to be taping my stick while having, <laughs> having a couple hot dogs, and someone else like Chimmer would come and join and grab one too, and then we'd go back and, and play the game. It's just one of those things you kind of like, yeah, it's business, and you and you got to play good and stuff, but you also got to enjoy yourself. Right, and it was sure. like the one place, one place on the road that I would do it. I talked about this last night in Buffalo, always so fired up for the game to be finished in Buffalo because you could smell when the wings came into uh, the room yeah. from the bench and you're like, come on, let's go running time so we can get back in there and, and get some wings in us. But it's there, there's so many fun little quirks with, with a lot of the cities and you know it'd be nice if, uh, if everyone had their own kind of their own thing and so I know Vancouver has uh, popcorn for uh, the players we got you open up the cabinet and there's like 30 different oh, yeah. flavors of popcorn uh, the shakers that you can put on your popcorn so there's a few cities like that do you remember Steph Curry did like the popcorn ranking thing like he's <laughs> oh. a really big popcorn guy so they had him rank all the great popcorns around the NBA really right? somebody should do that with the food that the that players have around the NHL what's the best post game or yes. pre-game Food. Yeah, that's a really good you idea. You guys are starving, so uh, it makes it eat anything. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we talk about the pizza because there's almost always pizza yeah. in the dressing room. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the pizza gets a uh, gets a lot of a lot of action, but it's not something I ever really paid close attention to. Like, I usually didn't grab a slice, so I I couldn't really tell you. But we're gonna we'll start working on that. We'll start asking. Did, did Philly? Did you have cheesesteaks afterwards? Did they bring them in? Somewhere? Yes, we did. I can't remember where it was. Uh, Tony, the, not Tony Luke's. Tony Luke's was like the one that's closest to the arena. Yeah, I don't know where they would order them from, but we did have those. That was like uh, if you weren't in the room fast, like they were gone. They were gone. <laughs> yeah, guys were would would eat one and put one in their soup pocket. You know? <laughs> the one food we couldn't get in Beijing was pizza. You could not get any good pizza worth really? a damn in Beijing. Huh. So 
Paisano's was, was the first meal I ordered when I got back. It was, uh, again, also not an ad, as we've talked about many times, not an ad yet. If Paisano's <laughs> wants to get involved, we're... Uh, pick up the phone, but <laughs> but you could not get a good pizza. You could have good, obviously good Chinese food. You could find good burgers. I had a yak burger that was terrific. Yeah, it it was very good. It tasted like a bison, like like a bison burger. Really, but that was that was like you could find good food. You just could not find good pizza anywhere. Interesting. In in the inside the bubble in Beijing. Guess it's not a thing there. It was. <laughs> it might be a thing, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> I think also the Olympics, yours, and since you were in a bubble too, yeah. but you always, the food that's in the complex itself probably is not the best. Always the best. We had we had hotels we could go to, uh, so we could like seek out like the Crown Plaza had a good restaurant, so we would go to the Crown Plaza one night and try to find right. stuff. But it's not like an NHL locker room where we're going to bring this to you and we think it's going to be good. Yeah. The robot burger was terrible. Oh well, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no love when a robot makes it, right? You need you need the, that extra. There love. was no texture. No texture. There's, there's, no texture. There's, it was. No, I, oh, speaking of that, so so Mandy, my wife right now is 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 doing. Uh, she's in a culinary school school, and this morning, she had to do um, different ways of making hash browns. Oh, and cool. hash browns are dynamite. They, everybody loves hash browns, I think. And so there was ones that were done in just a in a, a like like regular stainless pan. Ones that were done in cast iron. You know, certain type of uh, of garlic on one. One with a different. I mean. It's just a dream right there. Is to have, that's when you get the love put into the food. That's when it really, really shines, in my opinion. Yeah, the, we talked about hash browns last week from Pyeongchang. We'd have our breakfast rotation exactly, and, yeah. and, and the hash browns from there's from a, there. There's a theme here. There, breakfast there, theme. Uh, yeah, th- this could be the podcast of the, of the Bell Center hot dog, for all we know. <laughs> uh, uh, when, we, when we come back on All's Caps, uh, Tom Galitti will answer Carl's stupid questions. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, welcome back to All's Caps uh, with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner and NHL.com's Tom Glitty. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. And now Carl's fam- favorite portion of the show, Carl's Stupid Questions. Yes, here we go. So, so Tom, kind of, we've explained it to you. You've heard it uh, and how, how it works. So, you know, feel free to answer truthfully or hilariously, whatever you want to do. Ideally, ideally both. Ideally both. Hopefully yes. my truthful answers will be good. <laughs> exactly. All right, so um, so yeah, we just we've been, I, I like to ask this questions because I, I feel like you get a good read on people. But uh, do you have a go-to drink? It could be alcoholic, could be non-alcoholic. What do you what do you like to uh, go to? Well, if I'm out, I'll have a, I'll probably have some kind of IPA. But I haven't, haven't actually been drinking alcohol that much lately. So uh, I just drink I, I very boring unsweetened iced tea is my drink really basically. I, I, I don't sweet. put any sugar or anything in it. IPA is your jam? Yeah. You like oh yeah you could get down with some some IPA I fi- conversation. I finally right? had an IPA in Paris was was one of my you couldn't get draft beer hardly anywhere in the bubble so yeah. having an IPA that was like a Parisian like actual French beer yeah. was great it was like a white IPA it was oh really excellent I used to be a a big Guinness guy yes but I kind of cut that out I don't know why I should go back well at, yeah. the, at the Irish Channel yeah. Guinness Guinness is your yeah. is your drink of choice yeah. right yes so. Guinness is nice for anyone who hasn't had a Guinness it's like 
It's like velvety. Like it's the only beer that I find that's like it's like a, you're drinking a blanket. Like, you but know? it's also not heavy on it's your not, stomach. No, like, it's not. It's like milk almost. Yeah. Like, but you know, yeah. Like, but just like you know, the the fo- especially the little the, the foam. foam at the top yeah. and everything like that. It just exactly just goes down smoothly, like you said, like velvet. I, th- like I think it gets a bad rap because of how it looks. Like it looks like you're like drinking mud, but yeah. it's actually like you said, it's the opposite. It's, it's the opposite. Yeah. It's, and it's like four and a half alcohol, so you're not gonna like. It's not, you're not going to go overboard. It's, it, to me, it's like a great desserty drink. Like, I'll start, yeah. start with Smittix and then go to Guinness. You've seen me do this on the channel a thousand times. <laughs> Smittix first and then Guinness and then... What I'm looking forward to in Nashville, which I have not had before, but I just heard about, is something called a Bushwhacker, which I've heard described. <laughs> have you had a Bushwhacker? No. So apparently, it's like a Wendy's chocolate frosty, but with a with 151 dropped. No I'm, way. I'm, 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 I'm all in. I'm, <laughs> all right, I'm so all that's in. what I'm looking forward to. Oh. So maybe I'll come back and, and, and that'll be my and, answer. And after, 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 after joining us, it's my treat. So That's amazing. Amazing bushwhacker. Okay, I'll look into that. Um, next one here. This has never been asked before, but I figured I'd throw a curveball at you. Um, what's your favorite flower? My favorite flower. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is going to be tough because uh, I my longtime girlfriend does not like flowers because she's allergic. So I don't oh, never buy them. Janet's allergic to flowers. Yeah, like it, you know, I bought her flowers like when we first started dating, and then. Like, she's like, please don't buy me flowers ever again. So, so <laughs> probably most guys would be like, okay, that's good. But yeah. then you're like, what else do I buy, right? Like, that's but, hilarious. But, but, so what is my favorite flower? Um, I'll say, like, tulips. I don't Tulip? know. No, that's a heck of an answer. Yeah. I love tulips. Does I, she like chocolate? She does like chocolate. Okay. And, and she's the best. You know, she's probably going to be upset. Maybe not upset. But she's the best because, like, she texts me. Last week, I'm, I was away for Valentine's Day. And she texts me the day after Valentine's Day. Got score! I got all the half time, half price chocolate from the from the, <laughs> from the store, and she has a whole bunch of it for me when I got home. That's so that, that that's that, a winner, though. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So, so this is this would be kind of stupid, but it would be kind of funny too. Is because she doesn't like flowers. You should go and get like a basket of different types of like baking flour get a whole wheat uh, <laughs> all purpose and say you can't have the real one so here's these plots I would do that edible arrangements with <laughs> yes, the fruit yeah. too but that kind of got old after a while too yeah, so yeah. Have to, um, if, if, if you ask that question again and someone says like baking flour that's that's bonus points well, right? they get, they get. when I was first thinking of the questions and I saw someone ask what's your favorite flour the first thing that went through my head was whole wheat and then, <laughs> and then I, I thought about it for a second and I'm like no they mean like actual flowers right. like it was uh, maybe. I, I, I thought Marc Andre Fleury was the answer. To this. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's, that's what I really. That's what I really yes. thought. Yes, only if he gets traded here. Only, only, only if he agrees <laughs> to come here. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. If Marc Andre is, is listening right now, you can you can get become the answer to this question if you want to come get traded to the Capitals. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, okay, next one is: Have you ever had a a weird or awkward exchange with a player, coach, another member of the media? This kind of uh, goes back to the the Edmonton thing that happened a little while ago. Have you ever had anything? Kind of along those lines. Um, I don't know if it was anything like that public because I think one of the good things about when you were in the locker room is that that would stuff that would, that stuff wouldn't really happen. Exactly. But I've had I've had things you know where maybe a coach didn't like a question or something like that. Um, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I covered the Devils. Pat Burns was there, and mm-hmm. you know he the way he was, and I think he was he would test media the same way he would test players. So sure. like if he didn't like something you wrote or something like that, all of a sudden he'd seek you out and be like, what is this? I didn't say this or like that. And then he'd give yeah. you a hard time. And then the next thing you know, like the next day he's like, we're all good, right? And like yeah. that's it's just it's yeah. just the way it like he wants to see how you react to exactly. wanna see how you react to him. Stuff like that. I had some incidents where like I wrote something and you know, Lou Lamarillo called me at like seven thirty in the morning to complain about it. But then the, <laughs> like the next within hours, you know that was rare, by the way, but it did happen. Yeah. And then within, you know, he would say his piece, and then, like, it never happened. Yeah. So, 
But but that's what we, we Carl and I have talked about this on the podcast a lot about it, when you can do it privately right. and you can hash it out with somebody. Sometimes it gets better. Like your your, your relationship as people, right. you have a conflict and then it can grow from there. Mm-hmm. And it's not viral on Zoom or viral on social media right. where all of a sudden everyone's kind of like piping in about it. You can have a personal discussion with somebody and say, I'm pissed at you, you're pissed at me, this is why, and then move on past it. You can explain it. yourselves both sure. sides. And, oh, then, exactly. and a lot of times, it's, sometimes it's just a con- confusion. Misunderstanding. Or misunderstanding sure. or whatever. Or what you meant to ask or what you meant to do didn't come out the right way. And, yeah. And like you, like you said, it leads to like, you know, then the... Maybe better conversations in the future. Sure, a mutual respect builds right, up right. when you can do it privately. Exactly. Zoom, totally. unfortunately, and the way things have been the last couple of years, that's been harder to establish. Yeah, you don't have like facial expressions. Right. You don't have cameras right. on right. and stuff. So it's sometimes the way a question is delivered. Right. Exactly. You yeah. know. So, all right. Um, do you have a word that you misspell? A word I misspell. Yeah, I have lots. Um, I do have words I misspell. I got to think about. Uh, <laughs> I always, a lot of them when I like mix up the E and the I. But yes. I oh, achieve, achieve, achieve and privilege are two of them. I can't, yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's, that's like two of Yeah, like exactly. Like do that a lot. And it's like <laughs> my typing. It's just yeah. the way I type it a yeah, lot. Yeah. Thank God for spell check. But I got to think of like one word I always get wrong. Um, I had this exact thing happen today where I misspelled the word field. I just did that. I put, I put the E before the I and my son, who's five, came in and corrected me. And I'm like, geez, it's already better than me. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a word that I always misspell, though. I can't think of one specific one. Is there a player's a name you'd always you'd, you'd trip up on? Yeah, I have to copy and paste some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I was uh, doing this with the Russian team at the Olympics, uh, where I was just like, I've never heard of a lot of these guys in KHL, so I'm just like, Demir Sharpazanov. Yeah. I'm like, nope, um, I, 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 I can't do that without copying yeah. and Recent, Recently, Kirill Kaprizov, because I don't remember how many L's are in his name and if there's an A in there. Right. Valtteri mm-hmm. <laughs> Filippola was one of my. Oh, that, oh, that one's the hardest one. Is it Filippola? Yeah, because how many L's? It, it and was two P's? T's and two P's. Yes, but the, one, the, only one P. Yeah, under two P's. Two P's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. See. Yeah. See. So what happens? Sorry, I didn't that, get that's gold. That, by the way, that's gold medal, Olympic gold medal winning captain Valtteri Filippola. Yes. yes. Uh, for everybody, since I was dealing with this for the last two weeks. If anyone saw my notebook here, they'd be like, "Holy crap, this guy can't spell." I'm a terrible speller. Okay. Have you ever had food poisoning? I have. And what did you get it from? I was, oh my god, I was in Tampa and I had an omelet which I think was undercooked. Oh. And so it was, uh, I had flown in, like, there was a back to back situation. I'd flown in that morning, had breakfast at, like, the, the bar. You know how they have the little buffet yeah, yeah. and the guy made the omelet? And then it hit me, like, during the game, which was not good. Oh, I man. made it through the game barely. And did then you? I got to, and then get back to my room, and it was one of the worst nights I ever had in a hotel room. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but you made it through the game. I made it through the game, yeah. Holy smokes. Then you had to fly out the next morning? I had to fly out the next morning, And yeah. you were okay at that point? There's still feeling uh, I wasn't great on the plane, but I made it. <laughs> oh, man. <That's, laughs> you had it before, food poisoning? Yeah. Uh, Oh, never? Not really? that I'm aware of, but I don't want you to just jinx me. Yeah. I, I know yeah. you believe you're superstitious about things like the penalty kill. I'm superstitious about I don't want to talk about how I've got food poisoning. Really? So far. Uh, hopefully food doesn't happen. I, I'm hoping I'm. that's not around the corner. <laughs> I had it from lasagna. I didn't eat lasagna for like 20 years. I couldn't do it. Really? I got it when I was young and I wouldn't do it. Now now I'll dabble a little bit, but oh, man, lasagna still freaks me out. <laughs> um, that's, that's my family's Christmas Eve. Deal, dinner every year. It's lasagna. always lasagna. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, interesting. And it does not give you food poisoning. doesn't give you... No, it's, <laughs> it's done no well. food poisoning. Well, I got it from a pizza place that should have stuck to pizza. Yeah, don't don't, don't don't mess with that. What no. are you doing? Okay, this one I kind of was thinking about how to... 
this is like a would you rather type question on this one, and I'm not sure if I've got it quite worked out the way I want, but let's go for it anyways. Would you rather burp for 30 minutes every time after you ate for an entire year? Would you rather have hiccups for three hours a day every single day for a year? Or would you rather have to throw up once a week for a year? Once a week for a year, so it's... Burp for how long? Burp for 30 minutes a day, every time after you ate. I think I'm just going to go with the once throw up every once a, once oh, a week. Really? Just oh, to get it out man. of the way. <laughs> I guess yeah. that, I guess for me, I hate throwing up, so that was that was Not like that a non Not that I like throwing up, oh, but, I know, but, but like if, if you do it, then it's over. You yeah. know? And then the other ones, are you're saying every day or, never, or every, yeah. for a year, yeah. I, I, that's annoying. Yeah. I was like, get it over with once a week, and then know the rest of the week would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what if it doesn't happen on the same the same oh, day? Oh, random. It's random. Then, oh. <laughs> it might be right now. All of a sudden, it just happens. <laughs> yeah, if it's random, that's bad because that could happen at a bad time. It could happen at a very bad time. I think burping yeah. is the answer to this one. I don't, I, don't, I don't love the idea, but I think that's the answer here. Really? Yeah. Right. If I, if I think that's the worst. Yeah. If you don't know when the time is to throw up, I'll, I would go with burping also. Like, you could, burping if, especially work. if it's after you eat. Yeah. So you know what like to expect. You know, you know what to expect, and then you can yeah. plan that not around being around like a bunch of people or whatever. Okay. Perfect. Actually, an interesting throw-up story. It was, uh, <laughs> it was not about me, but uh, we were we were in New York, and uh, and it was me and Weber, and we went to go eat uh, before the game. Both of us weren't playing, and uh, we I wasn't really eating meat at the time, and he wanted to order this tomahawk steak, it was a massive steak, and so he had I think two bites. I was kind of pushing it around, debating whether or not I wanted to have any, and uh, and then all of a sudden he gets up and just goes to the bathroom, comes back, and and still pushing his food around, not really touching it. Goes to the bathroom again, comes back, and he's like, hey, we need to go. I'm just like, all right, like, do you want to take this to go? He's like, no. Like, that, just no. And so pay the bill, get up, walk outside, and turns around the corner into the alley and just lets it fly. And I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I, was, I had a piece of steak stuck in my throat, and I was trying to wash it down with water, but the water just kept building up. Oh, no. And he couldn't get it down. He's like, it happens to me every now and then. No, that's yeah. happened. Yeah. And then he finally got it out, and we left, and I'm like, not only did I pay for this tomahawk steak that was like, I think it was a hundred bucks just for the piece of meat, and he didn't eat it, I didn't eat it, and then we just boogied, and he was choking the whole time, didn't even say anything. Oh, I'm man. like, what the heck are you doing, man? Like, I could have helped you. I could have maybe tried to save you there, right. and just nothing. Like a Heimlich situation? Like a Heimlich situation. No one died or, yeah. or yeah. passed out oh, yeah. or anything like yeah. that. We had that with Jeff Schultz, who used to play here in junior. He uh, choked on something at a pregame meal, and our one of our teammates had to give him the Heimlich and, and pop it out of there. Just Schultzy. Crazy. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let me add this up for you oh, here. I hope I did okay. No, well, you, you hit it with tulips. That was a good one. Um, um, you had something with food poisoning, so I can relate to that. And the would you rather, the burp one. I'm still thinking it's throw up. I want to go for it. Okay. And that's sort of the randomness of it throws that off. The randomness? Yeah, yeah it okay. kind of messes you up. Right? I knew it was like every Monday. Yeah, you can I, schedule I, it. I could schedule it, <laughs> but I know at least Tuesday <laughs> through Sunday. I don't have to worry about throwing up today. Exactly. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. All right, I'm hitting you right here with a 101 points, tied with Ben Raby. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm fine with being tied with Ben. Yeah, yes. that's a good one. I think that's pretty are, Aren't you also tied with Ben Raby in our Spot the Cow winning? Oh. Ben has won once. I have won once. Uh, so has <laughs> Andrew. So, uh... Okay, so so you all have one more yeah. championship on this than I do. We, we, we bet we, we bet on spot the cow at every game. Oh, we bet on what section the cow gets spotted in. Oh really? Just a small little among among us writers. Yeah. Since we're degenerates. And, That's a good one. And we enjoy it. And I really missed it when we didn't have spot the cow. You were still 
Yeah, and you were still doing it from China. I was. I was. I was guessing from China. <laughs> were you really? Oh yeah. Is it? Do you find that it's normally in an upper deck or lower? It, deck? They move it around. It's just completely random. They, well, it may not be random to them, but yeah. we have to have some scientific reasoning. For I why think we they guess. don't do upper like if it's. Uh, I think it's mostly an upper deck. But if they did an upper deck, one game, the next they'll move game, it. They'll move. It won't be the next game. Oh really? It'll be somewhere yeah, else. Interesting. So. Yeah. But I think it's most common and. And on the top. That's my observation, but I could be wrong. I think that's. I think that makes a lot of sense. Does it? That's yeah. fun. I'm going to start doing this, too. Uh, spot the we Cow. We put a lot of thought into Spot we, we, the we Cow. We put a lot of thought into it over the years. Uh, spot the Cow champion, Tom Galitti. Thank you for joining us on All's Caps. Glad to have been on. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, next episode, we're, we're now two a week on, on All's Caps. Uh, you're, we're going to hear from Jaina Heffert from PWHPA about the women's hockey event coming to MedStar Capital's Iceplex from March 4th to the 6th. We'll talk to you then.